Good morning. It's Aya Wimala, and I'm here in Crystal Lake, Illinois, and I uh, wanted to spend a little time with you. Hope everyone's fine, and hope you're dealing with all the different new things coming up in your life, like being a student online or live or a combination of the two, or going back to work or continuing to stay home and work from home, or looking for a job, or uh, trying to, to decide what's the next course you want to take, or thing you want to learn online. We have lots of things going on these days, and I hope you're finding a way to be uh, peaceful with that, and have, uh, have some dispassion. Equanimity, good time to work on our equanimity, right? That's the quality of balance. And taking a step back and being able to see things without so much of our self-involvement, being able to be a little bit dispassionate, find balance in everything. So I always like to think of it as back away, back away from, back away. Not not out of indifference at all, but out of that... Uh, Maybe we sometimes can be too aggressively uh, putting ourselves in the middle of a situation when really we are more of a, we can be more of a bystander and be more valuable to people in the situation. And you know that feeling when you, when you uh, realize, oh, I wish I just kept my mouth shut and not made that comment on Facebook or not said something that, you know, that that made the situation not better, but probably just kind of hit the hit something that just immediately created created a, a little minor explosion in a conversation or a relationship. And sometimes that's because we we aren't able to become have that equanimity at work. You know, there's a little there's a little bit too much of our ego in a situation, so we just need to say something that maybe probably would be better if we didn't say it. <laughs> I know that's one way I look at equanimity. Just back away, think about the situation, think about it a little bit more, um, find our own balance within it without getting carried away by the emotion of the moment. And we can work with equanimity in so many situations, and I think it's a beautiful quality for us to develop right now. Because we have a lot of opportunities before we we feel like uh, we are free from the effects of the pandemic. That's going to be a long time before we're free from the economic effects and the psychological effects and the physical effects, the way it's changed our landscape just physically, the people we've lost, maybe the people who are recovering from COVID-19 and the, the, uh, the, the long-lasting effects that they might be having to deal with and how it affects our society in the long run. So develop equanimity along with compassion and loving kindness and ahimsa, which is no harm. So we can have our hands full just with uh, seeing how we can, those are the best ways we can be people in this world, is to work on those qualities, work on a deeper understanding of yourself. 
And that's, that's what it all comes back to because we have to know what our little triggers are and we have to know, uh, we have to know about ourselves. And then we can be more effective and a more uh, compassionate person for the rest of the world. So let me uh, start with my wish. And I think that's good guidance and I hope everyone's memorized it, okay? Keep working on it if you haven't because it can be there for you when you need it. Or the St. Francis prayer. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By, by means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. You hold that close to you because that gives us wonderful advice and it also gives us a challenge, you know, to reach out, to be, to be able to see clearly what's going on in the world where we can help. So, um, yesterday I was able to go and visit my son. I haven't seen him since February. He only lives in Madison. But uh, I realize now I am, I'm the elder, you know, to my, my kids who are both in their early 30s. But I realized so clearly yesterday, like they've been, they've been very, they, they want to protect me. And so whenever they think about, uh, we've talked about, oh, my, mom, I'll say something like, oh, I'd really love to go to Madison and see you, Stephen. And then both my kids are like, do you think that's safe for mom? I mean, is that okay? Madison's been kind of crazy and Matt, Wisconsin has in general about the pandemic. Now they're get, taking it seriously. But it was real clear to me yesterday that now they've taken on that protective role of their mother, their mother, their old mother. And, um, They've been concerned about me driving to Madison, about being around people in Madison not wearing masks, and they've both been careful. And my sons continued to work. Then they were wor they both worried that, well, who knows? Maybe Stevens picked up something at work, and if if mom's around him, maybe that puts her in danger. And so yesterday, my daughter and I drove. We both we both usually had masks on in the car, or at least one of us did. And um, when we went to Madison, we, we walked around and there were, the streets were so uh, not full compared to how Madison usually is. And it was a really hot day. So when we were, we picked up something to have for lunch and took it back to my son's house and started out eating it in his backyard. And then we finally decided we could sit inside where it was air conditioned, but we had to make sure it was the big room in his house, so we all had had uh, space to distance, put distance between us, and and I realized there's so much of what they're doing is because they're they're now I am now in that role of uh, 
they have to protect me. And, you know, as a mother, we always are thinking of our children like we're still protecting them. And there's something, it's a little bit bittersweet, but at the same time, it's wonderful seeing uh, that they have taken on the role of, you know, we, we don't want to put mom in danger, so we've got to be careful. And uh, and I think that's sweet. It's I hope everybody's that way with their has that relationship with both their children and their their elders. Um, but I I can see that's like a shifting role. So I think of my mother who's ninety six. Well, she's really an elder, so I'm always concerned about her and uh, how she's being taken care of and how she's feeling mentally. And then I realized, really realized yesterday, well, you know, I'm just one step away. I'm just one step down the, the ladder from my mom. And I can see my kids having that concern for me. So it's beautiful. And it's also, wow, this is how it, this is how it feels. This is how it goes, right? So um, there are all kinds of things that we can learn and then ponder and have time to think about. With the, with the pandemic. You know, we slowed things down enough that we can really be better observers. So uh, I'd like to, oh, I have a couple of surprises for the rest of this week for you, but I'm not going to share them today. But uh, stay tuned. We might, well, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, so um I'm making a final decision about the book group, and I'm thinking about the book group being on a Monday around 5, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. here in Central Time. And if if you have a better, a different suggestion, I'm really open to that. I'm just trying to, I'm struggling with uh, available times and, and days of the week. I don't want to interfere with the the meditation going on that is that you can watch live or actually if you're in this area go and sit in the park with the monks meditating and that's at 7 p.m. so that's two days a week and I have other classes the other two days a week and so I'm trying to adjust some things so we can get the book group going and uh, weekends might be difficult for people so if you have any suggestions or anything that really doesn't work for you, uh, let me know because I'm making that final decision today. And that's with uh, Welcoming the Unwelcome, Pema Children's book. It's, it's really a book that we can all digest easily. And then the book group will really be a discussion from everyone, maybe finding passages that they'd like to share that really have meaning for them or uh, having having uh, some something they got from a chapter and that they'd be, like to share, or something that they didn't get and would like to ask people how they understood it. But it's a very if you if you're familiar with Pema Chodron, her books are easy to read, but there there's a lot of material that you can you you really take it in and it's with you for a long long time. It's very lasting and it's very. Uh, valuable to help help you be introspective and help you see things in the world. So that's what's going on. That's one of the things, but there are other surprises for this week. I uh, hope you have, if for teachers and parents and grandparents and caregivers, 
I hope whatever you've got lined up for the school year, whether it works for two weeks or whether it works all year, I hope you're feeling better about those decisions and I hope it feels like you're going to be able to give your kids the safety and the education that you that they deserve. And I know these are hard decisions, so don't beat yourself. Uh, they're difficult decisions for everyone and there's prob there's no there's no decision that's going to be more right than another. Uh, your children need an education and they can get an education lots of ways. We want to be sure that they're getting they're learn they can learn through so many things. So you make the decision how you're doing it. I hope you have that choice. But don't beat yourself about it. We're taking everything one step at a time anyway, so do what feels best for you right now. And if that needs to be changed as we move into things, you know, we can all stay flexible as, as much as we can. So be, be compassionate towards yourself as well as others. Remember, we don't, we don't sacrifice in the Buddhist teachings, and this is maybe a different wording than it is in, in some other uh, spiritual groups, but we don't make, we don't sacrifice ourselves to uh, please other people or to make other people more comfortable or to make them feel happier. We need to look after ourselves and make those decisions that we think are, are right and that honor us and that are coming from our highest place of uh, wisdom. But then we, then we take care of others after we've decided what is best for us. We don't start out by trying to please everyone else and then just picking up the scraps because that's going to burn us out. That's not going to help us. And it's not going to be the way you want others to, to be getting everything. So we don't want to be a doormat, basically, right? That's not helping us. And, it, and in the long run, it's not helping others. So be sure that in the decisions you make, you are, you're, you're keeping that balance in mind. And remember that we can always change gears. If one thing doesn't work, we can make changes. So I know, it's, I know you're making hard decisions and doing the best you can, but be sure you make those decisions with your own, you know, your own energy level and your own, uh, your own self-care in mind. And I need, I mean self-care from a mental standpoint and psychological standpoint and a fiscal standpoint. And then, then you can, then you'll be able to make the best decisions along the road for your kids and for your family. So let's sit now. We have about 10 minutes. Keep practicing. And when I, when I reach the end of my time with you, I will uh, encourage you. I'll finish with my wish, but I'll encourage you to keep sitting if you can. This might be a good time for you, and just keep going, maybe for another minute or two minutes, or if you want to, just sit and be with the stillness, be with yourself. So let's sit for a little bit.
Just be comfortable, but let your body feel lifted up. Lifting up your spine in any in any position you're in, that's going to help you stay awake. And it's also going to help you with your breathing. And as we become aware and focus our attention on our body breathing, we want that oxygen to go deeper into our lungs. And if you've been sitting with me, I'm sure you're feeling that because we talk about it, I talk about it all the time. Allow your body and just watch your body, but allow your body to take a naturally deeper breath. See your body breathing, not just up in the top of your chest, that's breathing with fear or you're worried or you're anxious. Just let your body relax and sit upright so your lungs aren't folded in half and just feel your body naturally allowing that oxygen deeper into your lungs. Breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. There are two different points where you can feel your breath. There, there are more, but let, we're working with two, right? One is in your belly where you can feel it slightly rise as you inhale and contract as you exhale. You can keep your focus on that part of your body. You can also be like that little butterfly sitting on the tip of your nose and observing the sensations of your breath as you breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. Be aware of very subtle sensations just up inside your nostrils or above your upper lip. When we sit for longer periods, it becomes almost uh, no sensation at all. So you almost begin to imagine the sensation. It's always a little bit more, um, more of a sensation when you can feel it in your belly.
but it's okay if you're sitting longer and you don't feel the sensation, your body's still breathing. If you're conscious, your body's breathing. Keep relaxing your mind and your body. Don't force your thoughts to stop or try to push them down. We don't do that because it doesn't work. It doesn't help you relax at all. So your mind will continue, thoughts will arise, and if we don't feed them as they arise, we'll notice we're not giving them any energy. We're not giving them something to to gnaw on and keep fiddling with. So those thoughts will rise up, they won't find what they want, they won't find the kind of nourishment they need, and then they'll eventually fade away. So we don't put our attention on our thoughts, but we don't try to force them to go away. We let our focus be on our watch, letting our body breathe and watching that, watching the sensations of our breath. If you can't close your eyes, you might want to focus on some object in front of you where you can lower your gaze and just keep your focus very lightly. on something in front of you and a little bit lower. If you need more of a focus, count your breaths. Breathing in one, Breathing out, one. Inhale, two. Exhale, two. Three. Three. Four. Four. Five. Five. Now go back to one, one, two, you got it. Just count up to five and start over. And let your focus be on that counting as well as the breath. Still easy to get distracted in between the breath or in between the words. But it helps.
You can be aware of sounds. You can be aware of the touch of air on your skin and how your whole body is making contact with the surface or a touch, touch of your clothes against your skin. Be aware of any smell or fragrance in the air. Just be aware of the basic idea of a fragrance, a smell, an odor. Don't start trying to label it. Be aware of, you may hear the birds out on my, out in the tree and eating their bird seed outside. Just be aware of sound. Be aware of any taste in your mouth or if you feel thirsty or your mouth is dry. And even with your eyes closed, you'll see different flashes of light or patterns of light underneath your eyelids. So there's still some sight. Keep sitting if you can. I'm going to read my, I'm going to recite my wish again and sit longer if you have if you have the time. Come back to it later. Just remember that this sitting practice can be your best friend during this period of with all the unknowns and the lack of clarity that we see in the world. Uh, this is where we find our clarity. This is where we come home. May I become at all times, both now and forever, 
a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. I'll see you Thursday, but keep sitting if you can, even a few more minutes.